to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hey, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist, and I work with retailers as a coach and as a consultant to help deliver successful transformation and define the operating models that ultimately lead to greater profit and greater customer experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. This one is episode 191. Now, if you are a regular listener to the show, then you will know that for the past few episodes, they've all been solo shows. And today we're taking a slight pivot. We are returning to welcome guests back onto the Retail Transformation Show. And to kick us back off, I'm delighted to welcome B. Earl to the show. Now, B. Earl, or Ben, is super creative and he comes from the world of entertainment rather than classic retail. At the moment, he is writing with Marvel, as in Marvel Comics. He's set up Skyview Way and is a founding partner with Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. And he's been working in the entertainment business for over 20 years now, plus exploring more of the technology side for the last five years. And whilst many of us have been learning about the metaverse over the past one or two years... Ben has been trying to educate people about the metaverse since 2017 and exploring how NFTs can be used. And actually back in 2018, he launched his first story-based NFT, Chihuahuas. So he's got a ton of experience in this new world and he works now as a consultant with gaming and other tech companies involved in Web3 or as he likes to call it, Web 2.5. And so in today's episode, we're going to be diving into Ben's head, quite literally, (laughs) as you're going to enjoy, and exploring how storytelling can bring retail alive. The show notes for today are at obandco.uk slash 191. And over there, you'll be able to find out more about B. Earl and his various projects, as well as sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of the ever-evolving world of retail. So without further ado, here's my conversation with B. Earl. So I'm delighted to be sitting down here with B. Earl. Ben, how are things? Oh, they are quite wonderful, Ali. So great to be here. So excited to be talking to you. Feels like it was a lifetime ago when we met, but, uh, you know, time has totally changed uh, (laughs) since the pandemic. We are in the post-COVID time warp where things happen at about five times actual real life speed. (laughs) Yes, you couldn't have said it any better. I was like, wait, my birthday just happened? Oh, wait, no, it didn't. Now I'm I'm gray hairs and (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) I mean, a, a time warp to, to explain what's going on is kind of a fun story. And that's what we're going to be diving into today, of course. Ben, you're coming to the podcast with quite a different background than many of the guests we've had on in the past. And I'm really keen to 
just explode people's minds, access your sort of inner creativity as we explore storytelling. And I think probably that's the best place to start, if that's okay. What do we mean by storytelling? Well, I think that's a really great place to start. I mean, you know, coming from my background, I've been working in the entertainment space for going on over 20 years. And, you know, I have a lot of close friends in marketing and a lot of close friends in, you know, these these retail spaces. And I think what's always been interesting to me is that, you know, the marketing side, a lot of times you talk about story, right? One of my really close friends, his background was marketing. We actually shared offices over on Ventura Boulevard many years ago, and he ran a, a marketing company that did a lot of uh, focus groups. Okay. And I participated in his focus groups. And he and I would talk about that because he had gone to film school and ended up in the you know world of marketing. And, you know, it was a bit older than me and had come working, you know, with companies like Pepsi and Taco Bell and everything. So a lot of our conversations were about the storytelling, you know, and talking about storytelling when it came to these big brands. And then for me, it's like, you know, I'm storytelling currently right now, writing a, a, a Spider-Man series uh, with my creative partner, Taboo, for our company. And we're working with Marvel. We've been working with Marvel for the past several years. And, you know, my background in storytelling has kind of been very varied, going from reality television and documentaries, which is what started me in the business, to now cartoons, comics, even NFT projects that are deeply rooted in storytelling. So I think storytelling is a big connective tissue to everything. And, you know, as humans, it's intrinsic to who we are. We are always telling stories to each other, whether it's you know, a story to, hey, mom, so yeah, this is what I did today. Uh, you know, half the time she has no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> to, you know, writing on my clickety-clack quirky writer keyboard that looks like an old typewriter because I like the feel as I bang out pages for, for our Spider-Man story. Yeah. So it's always about the audience. I think that's the biggest thing with storytelling. Who is the audience? Yeah, that's a really interesting thing because... I've been fascinated by story for the last two or three years and just thinking back that it's been so interlinked, sort of deeply embedded in our, you know, human genetics almost. Thinking all back to cavemen time, sitting around a campfire, telling stories, drawing stories onto the inside of caves, right? And that yeah. has captivated audience for thousands of years, right? Which is is fascinating. But as we're thinking about story for business, assuming mm. we're not talking about slaying dinosaurs or going after Dr. Octopus, what does that <laughs> look like for a brand? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that about like slaying dinosaurs and, and chasing Doc Ock, right? <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, stories have to connect to us in some sort of way. We have to have a shared understanding of the language of what that story is, right? So for me, it's like, okay, if I'm writing Spider-Man, you know, my audience primarily would be a Spider-Man audience, right? Like they will know the Spider-Man universe to some degree. So if I were to mention Doc Ock, they would have an understanding of like, okay, uh, who is Otto Octavius? You know, what was sort of his connection to Spider-Man? What is his connection to Spider-Man? And it's very similar when we're talking about like, what would a story from a business perspective be? You know, well, the why, why? is Doc Ock chasing Spider-Man? Mm. Or in the case of the story I'm writing right now, why is the demon bear 
coming after Spider-Man? Why is there an X-Men villain in the Spider-Man sort of mythos now? <laughs> and and why am I creating, you know, as, as why, why are we as a team? Because that's always the big thing, you know, we're always writing and we're always creating in, in a group, right? Mm. Like even as a writer, you have your editor, right? You have your artist. In my case, I also have a creative uh, partner. And when you're a business, you have a lot of people that all are connecting to create a story. It's very much like a film. I think film is one of the most collaborative creative arts because it takes an army to bring what you see on a screen. Yeah just as it does to create a big brand or anything like that as a business. Um, and, it, you know, speaking of which, every film is created as a business. Every film is set up as its own LLC because there are so many different components to it. There's an accounting department. There's, you know, all these different layers to it, much like any business you would, you would set up. Yep. So, you know, a film's product is the film itself. That is the story. Now that film may spawn off like, you know, Despicable Me goes and spawns off the Minions dolls and the, the merch stuff yeah. and the this and that. You have all these different nodes connecting back to this kind of this hub that launched all of those ships. So if a business is going to create a story, a business is going to say, well, you know, what is this product as the business itself that we're launching? Mm. What is our story? You know, and it could be as simple as like, hey, we, you know, were founded as like, you know, Dots, was it Dots Pretzels, I think. I love those pretzels, by the way. They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> Using them as a great example, it's like, you know, you read on the back, it's like, well, Dot, you know, found the family recipe and made it and da-da-da. And, you know, and it's that's like such a typical story of so many different companies that kind of have this like, we started as a mom and pop, so we can connect to you. And it really connects into the American dream, right? Yep. Anyone can start their business and become blah, 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 you know, <laughs> you too can have Coca-Cola, you know, and build it as this Disney, right? I mean, everybody loves the story of Disney yep. because here's this guy that came around and everyone forgets the Ub Iwerks part of it, you know, but again, it took a village to build what Disney is. So I think going back to what your, your kind of question that started off, it's like the story around a business is in some regards, it's static to begin with because you have to build like something that is, you know, but at the end of the day, it's truly dynamic. And, you know, as we're going into a new sort of era of the internet, I really believe, you know, as everyone's calling it web three and I, I just, you know, <laughs> recently had an article come out that I wrote web three is a, is a myth and that's okay. You know, it's about dynamic storytelling. And it's about creating sort of an engine, much like we do when we create, you know, for television cartoons, for instance. Mm. And I think cartoons are, are really a great example because, you know, your, your audience is usually 10-year-olds, right? 11-year-olds. Their attention span is very short. You have to really grab them, engage them, and get something exciting, dynamic, and that pushes them uh, to want... More. Now that yep. sounds like a bad thing. I sound like a, <laughs> the pusher man here, but you know, and I think that's at the end of the day, like any business wants, you know, to create a dynamic, exciting, evolving storyline that is built around an incredibly simple engine. 
because the engine is going to be something that has to be evergreen mm. and it's going to have to keep creating story after story after idea after idea. Like for instance, if you're a company that has multiple products, each one of those products is, is a byproduct of that engine. Yep. And, and each one of those products has a story unto itself. And each one of those products has characteristics to it. So if you kind of build it out in a very kind of mind map sort of way, it becomes very branching. Mm. And, you know, where we are right now, I think, when it comes to e-commerce and the internet, and, you know, we're sort of at the place of these slightly static stories. They're a bit dynamic because of social media. Yep. But but even social media allows only for one layer of interaction. Yeah. And I think that we take it to the next level, this whole kind of buzz of the roadmap to the metaverse and all this kind of very frothy language. Well, let's, let, let's stop it there because yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, the, the sort of the story for a number of retailers can be super rich, particularly as you look at some of the heritage of, you know, retailers that have lasted for for you know, decades of time or even hundreds of years. But equally, some of the brand new retailers or brands have got a rich story that is the origin story as to why the founders decided to pick up a scrap of paper and, you know, map out a new business, right? And I think sometimes that comes across, but often, I have to be honest, I think a a lot of stores and websites, social media and so on, ends up being the story about this is on sale. Would, would you like to buy it? And <laughs> it's not a particularly encapsulating story. So I think as you think about cartoons and you think about, oh, actually, how do you open up a story so that I want to watch another episode or I want to, you know, tune into the next series coming in six months time, whatever. I think there's a huge amount of lesson to be had there for how do we, how do we take elements like characterization, like storyline like sort of plot twists and so on and bring them into yeah. into the business world and ben i know you've got this sort of idea of having a brand as a character which i loved yeah. when we were speak, speaking about it before bring yeah. everyone up to speed what are we talking about well you know it's it's funny because i love the idea of character and it's one of the things that i know as a writer it's one of the things i do struggle with because i'm a world builder at heart you right? never thought you'd have and that on your CV, world builder. <laughs> world builder. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like, what are, like, what are these worlds we build, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very interesting to think about it from a business perspective, right? Like I could go in and, and tell a story. And, you know, if you tell it from a character perspective, a character perspective gives you a very sort of micro viewpoint. Mm. You come in on a very specific subjective point of view. But as a world builder, as a kind of god to the universe, or as a dungeon master, as I like to call it, or game master, right? Because I'm also a huge nerd and playing D&D and <laughs> Starfinder and all these lovely games. You know, those are the big you, – you set the stakes in the world. Mm. But the characters themselves have to engage the stakes. They're the ones that – really have to have a point of view. What, what are they we talking about when we're talking about stakes here? Just help us out, Ben. Well, let's let's just say in my world, the stakes are you've got a nightmare demon bear coming into the world and the entire nightmare realm that he has been living in is going to break through <laughs> into our real world unless Spider-Man stops him. You know, like that's, that's what we're... Those are the stakes, right? Those are very high stakes. If Spider-Man doesn't do X bad things are going to happen, right? So, you know, 
and that was kind of like what I've, you know, in Kashala, which was another series we wrote for Marvel was if Kashala doesn't stop Dr. Doom from getting the final wand of Watoom, Doom is going to become the master of fate, right? Yep. So you have these super high stakes, right? The world will end. Well, like, what is that sort of thing like for a business, right? Like, what are the high stakes of the world building that a business has built? Well, there could be the high stakes of like, if we don't meet, reach our certain sales by this quarter, <laughs> the world will end. No. <laughs> you know, like, what are those sorts of stakes at that level? But then it's like a characteristic, like, okay, we have a product, right? Well, that product could be a character. Mm. That character could be, let's just call it, you know, Spider-Man, yep. for instance, right? So Spider-Man has to do X in order to save the world. Well, what is the villain Spider-Man is up against? What are the stakes of this world? What is what it what does he have to do in order to, you know, make the world a better place, right? I love that, you know, I I'm I'm sure you've seen Silicon Valley, the show on HBO. Have you have you watched that series? I've not, no. I've oh, not. Well, I will, I will make a recommendation to you and your audience. Silicon Valley, it's a, it's a bit of an older show. I mean, older in the sense of, you know, how there's a new show every day yeah. coming out. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a brilliant show about like the state of the internet and the state of Silicon Valley and, and whatnot. The stakes, you know, so you have these stakes with Spider-Man, right? And he's going to have to save the world. Well, as a character, he's up against the big bads. Yep. Well, that could be a, a product that's up against like, you know, the, the markets or the, this or that, well, how do you tell that story from the character of Spider-Man, right? How do you get into the characteristics and how do you get into the why, right? Like what makes us relate to Spider-Man? What makes us relate to a product? What makes us relate to something that's created in this larger world? And that to me has always been really interesting, you know, and as a world builder, we always have to set the, the world connection to our audience, right? Mm. They have to understand some sort of grounding. And the reason why for me personally, this is my opinion, I love Marvel is because Marvel was always the world outside your door. And then there goes Spider-Man swinging by, yep. you know, you're like, Oh, okay. I'm walking down Bleecker street and there's Dr. Strange's, you know, or Yancey, yep. you know, so it gives us a sense of grounding but then we're able to engage with new ideas. And I think that's where characteristics, that's where characters as parts of storytelling really allow us to create superpowers or things that are a little bit fantastic that maybe could do something more than the typical whatever it might be. Yep. I mean, that's kind of a one-to-one, yeah. <laughs> -one, I guess you could let's say. Let's come back to superpowers. Let's hold that thought for just a moment. Yeah. But I love this concept of story and the stakes and the heroes and villains because actually when you think about a retail transformation you know the stakes are inevitably high and they form the why for the transformation you've got this entire team that are feeding into that that all play a, a sort of heroic part so it's a you know whether it's sort of avengers assembling or whatever <laughs> then uh, actually all of all of that team are coming together to proverbially save the world make sure that, you know, we don't let the world descend into darkness, so to speak, for the given business. I think that's a really, really fascinating aspect for change. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's funny. That was kind of where I was, was thinking. My thought process was going towards that because 
you know, a lot of these, these companies always say, we're going to make the world a better place, you know, <laughs> changing the world, like internet companies, saving the world, you know, don't do evil, be good, be this, we're, t-, you know, and it's like this constant barrage of almost hollow words yeah. because the real thing of we as humans is like, what we really want is to feel meaning in our lives. Mm. We want to feel that we matter. We want to feel that our voice has value. And I think that, you know, when it comes to a team, the team wants to feel that it has value. They want to feel that they're part of that story. So you have almost two stories when it comes to a business, right? You have your forward facing story, which is like, this is what we do as a company. This is what we create. These are our things. But the story that no one really sees and really the most important story is how do you make your team feel incredibly valuable and how do you make them feel like they're really part of the story? And that's where the leadership comes from. That's where having a great leader who is an incredible storyteller, being able to make each person feel like they have value in this, this machine or whatever you want to call yep. it, right? In this story, right? Because every story is a bit of a machine. <laughs> it's got all these pieces connected yeah. to it. And I think that's a fascinating thing to think about, yeah. you know? And a story is never straightforward. There are always plot twists and so on as you go, as you go <laughs> through it. And yeah. it's funny because just as you're talking there, we as a, a human population are facing a massive story with regard to sustainability that yeah. you know the world is under threat <laughs> and from a from a sort of a, a, a social side as well there is a, yeah. a huge element of care so it's you know we are surrounded by these incredible stories that are not fantastical and sort of superheroes supervillains but they are very much real life and they should motivate us incredibly and we just need to learn how to harness and how to tell those stories right now, Ben, I'd like to, to yeah. take a bit of a pivot here in the conversation because yeah, it would be remiss of me not to dive into topics like the metaverse and NFTs and Web 3 <laughs> slash Web 2.5, which we're <laughs> about to get into. But, you know, again, yeah. thinking about story and thinking about brands, how do, how do we go into the metaverse uh, and equally stay within the, the, the real universe? Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how do we do that as a brand? Well, you know, I think it's first off, we have to realize right now there is no metaverse, right? The the idea of metaverse uh, in its kind of definition means Web 3D, right? It's right now a lot of walled gardens. You have uh, metaverses, so to speak, on the blockchain like Decentraland or Sandbox. You have much more vibrant metaverses like Pokemon Go, which I think is probably the closest we could have to a metaverse because it is very XR. We kind of go between AR worlds and gaming and, you know, and multiple things and being able to carry your Pokemon through Pokemon home (laughs) into your Pokemon shining (laughs) or shining pearl or whatever, you know, and, and I think as a creative, as a storyteller, we look at it and say, okay, well, this is a distribution system, Mm. right? A metaverse is a distribution system. And where do we want to distribute? Where do we want to put things out? The great thing about the internet and e-commerce as, as a whole is that anyone can activate from anywhere and can activate at any time, anything. The metaverse as it exists does not offer that. The metaverse is an idea. 
Web3 is an idea. Mm. It's not a decentralized internet as Gavin Wood had sort of kind of notioned back in 2014 saying we're moving towards that because of the blockchain technology. It could happen. It's a possibility with the technology. I think there's going to be a lot of need for consensus among large egos yep. <laughs> because that's the biggest challenge, <laughs> you know, unless of course AI takes us all over and then says, okay, shut up. This is what's happening and shuts our access to the internet down and basically, <laughs> but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, I've seen the matrix um, actually, so that's all right. <laughs> right. And, and if you've read recently now, they're talking about Lambda and Google's AI and the engineer that came out saying that it is <laughs> it is sentient that's another conversation to be had but that being said i think you know with a lot of brands saying okay we have to be planning for a roadmap to the metaverse i think the biggest thing is looking at like well what is the first step what is the first step to understand your audience because does your audience care about the metaverse i think is the biggest question across the board right what does that mean is is your audience if your audience is Let's just say, uh, you know, a hamburger joint. Yep. Does your audience really care about getting a hamburger in the metaverse as an NFT? What are they going to do with it? What value does it hold? Do they really want to hang out with a bunch of other people that like hamburgers? Is that the reason? And, and you know, a lot of what people talk about with Web3 is, oh, it's community. It's community. Yeah. It's community. Well, <laughs> well we, don't, we don't need Web3 to have community. I have launched multiple communities here in Los Angeles in real life that has been very uh, exciting, sustainable, connected people, giving people opportunities to, you know, for work in uh, the entertainment space. I didn't need Web3 for that. I, I needed emails. Yeah. And actually, let's zoom back a few thousand years. We used to have community <laughs> around the campfire, right? hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, talking about community, it's like, well, where does community come back to? And that comes back to the story, yep. right? If we were to sit around the campfire, we'd be telling stories. And more often than not, they would be in verse because you could memorize verse, mm. which connects back to music, which is a universal art form, right. right? We can all play music together. I am also a musician, not professionally, like my uh, my partner. She is an incredible musician, uh, incredible songwriter and storyteller in, in her, her world. I, as a musician, love to jam and love to play my my bass and hang out. But it's the most incredible feeling being able to pick up an instrument and sit with, let's just say, 10 other people. And we don't have to speak the same language, yep. but we do speak the language of music. And that is an incredible feeling mm. because at the end of the day, that's that feeling of we're creating together, we're telling a story together, and ultimately we're living in this sort of moment that is encapsulated and maybe it's recorded. I used to do this in my living yep. room, get a bunch of people with jam, drop a microphone. Some of it was garbage. Some of it was gems, but it was the creative process. And kind of stepping that back to, you know, connecting what you talk about with like this, we as humans have all been around the fire, the campfire and creating. And, you know, we as humans are in this sort of race to the simulation, race to how do we create a, a, a digital simulacrum of, of our real world and have it meaningful mm. and have it more than just frothy investments of NFTs with the hope that we're going to get rich quick, <laughs> you know, dialing into our fear of missing out. You know, the FOMO is real. Yeah. That's a story. People sell that story. That's the NFT story for, for a long time. And now we're watching as, you know, the crypto markets are tumbling and NFTs are kind of fluctuating. What are the real ones and what are the not and the why? 
And still, you know, it comes back to like, well, what are we creating? What are we building? And, and why are we doing it? And, you know, I can understand the why of, of, you know, creating digital skins for a game like Fortnite, mm. because, you know, me and my son play Fortnite together. I play on the Nintendo switch and he plays on his Xbox and we're able to play as a team together in duos. It's an awesome father son bonding moment. Right. <laughs> but he loves to collect his skins because those skins represent who he is in that metaverse. Yeah. Let's just call Fortnite a metaverse. Right. And, and he's wearing a predator skin because he loves the Predator movies, even though he's never seen them. Yeah. He just loves the Predator, right? <laughs> I haven't let him watch the Predator yet. But it's a representation of the self mm. through kind of a digital ontology in a walled garden at the moment of a community around something that we want to collaborate or connect together through. And if a brand wants to look at it that way, look to the audience, look to the people that are engaging what you're doing and give them something they want so that they can actually use it together with whomever they have meaningful relationships with. Yeah, that, that's great. And it's, uh, you know, that is the essence of community. It's who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to connect with? And ultimately, there, is, there must be a reason, right? As I, I don't want to just, right. you know, talk to strangers about I don't know what, right? <laughs> you wouldn't do that in real world. So uh, <laughs> there, we, there we go. This has been such a, a fantastic conversation and I know we could go in so many different directions and could have done in, in, in multiple times. We've missed, Amazing, missed out talking yes. about superpowers and all sorts. But just as we do come to the close, I'd love to open up your creative comic and storytelling mind and say, well, if retail was a comic, a comic book, mm. what would the elements of story that you'd, you'd put into that comic? You know? Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's an interesting one because you think about like retail in the sense of like, well, what what is retail, right? It's it's a seller and a buyer. It's someone giving some sort of pitch to someone saying, you should buy this thing, right? Or you should get this thing. I'm I'm bringing something to you. So, you know, the question always is, right, in, in any sort of thing, we start with a character, we start with a world. Do we go macro or do we go micro? And And I think in this case, there would be an interesting thing to look at, like how does retail save the world, right? Like that's that's a fun thing. Like there there needs to be this thing that people are selling versus people are buying. And you know, it's funny that you you mentioned this because this morning I got in my inbox um, an email from one of our team on a project we're doing over at Cartoon Network. And fingers crossed, we can bring this story to life since we are in development on it. And I can't talk too much in detail about it, but the story that we've been developing and building is very much about this. It's about this kind of idea of like selling something to someone that ultimately sucks their soul versus selling something to someone that actually makes them a better person mm. and more creative at their core. And I think in the sense of retail, it's like if we could give people tools if we could, like, I would create the character, like, bad version. It would be like, Tool Man, you know? <laughs> he, is, he is the one who brings you the most interesting uh, tools to build your website or whatever, right? That's like the cheesy late 90s, early 2000s, <laughs> like, website. The guy's like, I'm Tool Man, you know? 
But like, what is that hero embody? What does that, you know, kind of mean? And it's, it's this idea of someone who can bring to you as, as a person, something that will have real meaning in your life, right? So I think in this sense, it's creating characters that are metaphors, mm. right? Like who is the metaphor of like the wild child who's out there just hunting likes? I am just going for likes and, you know, I'm looking for people to sponsor me so that I can get more likes and get more money and this and that. Versus then the person who's like, I'm creating real art and real content and real this, and I want to sell this as a creator, you know, so this sort of creator economy yeah. versus the person building these platforms for the people. And then there's the big bad saying, we're going to steal all your data, you know, <laughs> we're going to sell it to the highest bidder, <laughs> you know, and it's like the evil, you know, Dr. Claw back there. <laughs> so without getting too much into building out a full story, I think it's setting up those sorts of characters and you always want your one character to be that unlikely hero. You know, I, I always think there's the fun characters like the rocket raccoons, right? You've got a rocket raccoon who's kind of, you know, a little bit uh, or Deadpool, yep. right? They're these very, you know, silly and they're crazy and they talk to the audience and they bring you into the world and they also are there to kind of bring down the big bads. That would be a lot of fun. I think that would be a fun story to tell and kind of show people that, you know, the power is within us. We all have a creative ability and, and together, if we come into a sort of community, we can create even better together and not be driven by the fear of the larger systems telling us, we're missing out. And if we're not getting enough likes, if we're not having 30,000 followers on our Instagram, that is everything versus I would rather have 500 real people buying my product that care about what I'm making, you know, real fans. Yeah. I think that's the key, real fandom. Yeah. I, I, a couple of, couple of points just riffing off that. I love that, that whole vibe of, you know, how do you find the real fans and how do you, how do you do that? That's a great quest. Right. And secondly, yeah. I can't wait for episode one of Toolman and other adventures in retail world. That sounds great. The data thief. If there's anyone out there that wants to make cool comics as metaphors for their <laughs> brand, uh, let's talk. Well, I mean, oh, ben, this has been a, a great conversation. How, how can people find out more? Well, you know, I'm most active uh, recently on my LinkedIn. It's very funny. Um, you know, I hadn't uh, until like just the past year got very active on LinkedIn. So that has been really my my primary space. Uh, it's just B Earl. If you look me up, is my is my nom de plume. I also am on Instagram. You can look at B Earl Writer. I think it's at B dot Earl Writer. And then there's also my Twitter, which is B underscore. Uh, underscroll Earl. I can't even <laughs> underscore. <laughs> you'll you'll find it. Underscore the underscore Earl. Writer. Somewhere on Twitter, Ben is hiding. Somewhere. But I'll be honest, I rarely use Twitter. So if if you want to find me and reach out and chat, you know I'm I'm easiest on LinkedIn, cool. and I, I do a lot of posting there. Oh. Put the links to those social profiles on the show notes if you are interested in getting in touch with Ben. But Ben, I'd just like to say thank you so much for joining me here on the Retail Transformation Show. A great conversation, really eye-opening and really 
really motivating, actually, to be honest. So thank you so much. Absolutely, Ali. It has been a pleasure. And you know what? I'm always down to do it again. I love I love chatting. There's just I feel like we touched on a lot of things <laughs> and there was a lot of rabbit holes we could have gone oh, down. So many. So, <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> it's like a real maze of rabbit holes, our conversation. <laughs> uh, welcome to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Ben, thank you so much. Have a great day. Absolutely. You too, Ali. Thank you. fantastic conversation there with B. Earl. We went in so many different directions and frankly it could have gone on for a long time. So I do hope you enjoyed listening in and adding a really different slant on retail. A really meaningful slant, I hope you will agree. And if you did enjoy this episode, then I've got three extra episodes for you to check out right now. Firstly, Thinking about that theme of storytelling and how you as a team can take on that retail transformation, check out episode 103, number 103, called Creating Courageous Change Champions to take on that adventure, that quest of retail transformation. Next up, we were talking about the metaverse and in episode 172, number 172, I did a solo show exploring what the metaverse means. And that whole episode was actually what prompted Ben and I to originally hook up. And then finally, check out episode 157, number 157, starring Hilmar Peterson from the massive multiplayer online game, Eve Online. And that's an episode called The Collision of Gaming and Retail. And in particular, when you're listening to that episode, think about the conversation that Ben and I were having about community within the digital world. So three episodes to check out there. I will put links to all of those on the show notes today, which you can find at obandco.uk slash 191, along with Ben's contact information and the chance to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, the free email newsletter to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of new trends and changes within the retail industry. Sign up for free at obandco.uk slash 191. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, hit subscribe in your favourite podcast app and look out for new episodes every single week. Have a great one and I'll catch you on another episode very soon. Bye for now.